Welcome to the Quest Express, your passport to immersive travel experiences and cozy conversations. For curious explorers who understand the art of slow travel, we're your go-to podcast. Every few weeks, we touch the heartbeat of a new city where we chat with artists, innovators, historians, and entrepreneurs who make each city come alive. The Quest Express is not just a podcast, it's your ultimate slow travel companion. It's an invitation to begin your own quest. Monica Cesarato writes pieces and produces a podcast that examines cultural issues, craftsmen, artisans, and so much more in Venice. She's worked with Alex Polizzi on her Amazing Italy series and Eugene Levy for Apple TV on the program The Reluctant Traveler. If you've enjoyed these episodes with Monica, make sure to subscribe to her podcast to meet more Venetians on Venice Talks. Enjoy today's episode. Okay, so the podcast was born out about literally one year ago. Okay, we are celebrating the one year right now. Um, It's in English. And it was born out of the fact that during the pandemics, I was doing a lot of Instagram lives and I got to interview a lot of people and I really loved it. Oh, I loved I loved the being behind the microphone. The camera, yes, but I love the microphone. Yeah. And I love to interview people and I love to do them on the spot without any preparation. Uh, I mean, the interviewers hate it, but I love it because you get more out of it, I think, you know, they're not prepared. Or I give them an idea what we're going to talk about, but I don't give them the questions, you know, if I can avoid it. Right. And the idea was, but I realized also that people, even though people still follow my blog, but people are not reading anymore, not as much as Mm -hmm. people used to. And I thought, how can I give the same information at a faster pace? Podcast. I thought, okay, we'll see how it goes. And it just went like crazy because my idea was I wanted to interview people of all walks of life from Venice, uh, not necessarily where they live, but also they just work. It doesn't have, they don't have to be Venetians, but they got to be doing something in Venice and it had to be 360 degrees from, from uh, museum directors to artists, to artisans, to writers, to journalists, to restaurant people, to people that offer activities, so to guides. I wanted it to be, you know, a wide range. So, Yes, allowing the artisan to speak, but I also wanted the people to, to see what Venice is all about. And in every interview, I always try to get the point of view of a the, of the person, of what they think of Venice and what they would like about Venice and stuff. And it's been interesting because uh, I'm on episode 39. It was out on Sunday, uh, uh-huh. my latest episode. So it went quite well. It's going quite well. It, uh, the idea was to do it every Sunday, but I'm running out of people that speak English. Because the uh. problem with the Venetians, very, they all say to me, oh, yes, we'll be happy to do the interview. But the moment they realize they have to do it in English, Italian people get very shy. And they don't realize that instead, the listeners love the fact that they are native speakers and they have an accent. But Italians, uh, we have a saying in Italy, I don't know if you speak Italian, but we have a saying that is called fare bella figura. So aesthetically, to appear always good. Aww. When you don't speak a good, uh, your language is not your, you know, you, you, you think you don't speak so well. Italians don't like that because they don't look good. <laughs> 
So I may be in a bit of trouble every moment to find people to speak to, but and it's summer as well, so it's a bit I'm struggling with that. But I'm, I'll I'll get back on track pretty soon. I love to do word association, so mm-hmm. I'm going to say a word, and then you tell me the first three words that come to mind. Oh la la! Okay, okay, I like that. Okay, okay. I might use it for my podcast. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, give me an idea. Okay, okay so Venice. Oh, water, calm, beauty. Cicchetti. Oh, bacala, sarde, friends. Gondolier. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be honest. <laughs> Lobby. <laughs> uh, fun. Huh? And, uh, oh, tradition. Mm-hmm. What else is uniquely Venetian? Oh, la la, you put me on a spot there. Oh, the fact that we got so many churches. Oh, yes. Yeah. And we had more, but they all got destroyed. And uh, the fact that we had so many convents and monasteries and we don't have them anymore. That was, I think, a peculiarity of Venice to have so many convents and monasteries because there was one for every single island of the city. So what happened there? Napoleon happened and he got rid of them all. When he came over, he had this uh, beef with the Vatican, you know, with the church. So, you know, Napoleon destroyed every, whatever he was going through, he destroyed every single convent monastery. And uh, above all in Venice, he, he went absolutely crazy, literally crazy, closed them all down. Yeah. 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 <gasps> um, that's why we don't like him. Uh, you're in good company. So. <laughs> Okay, so I also found this. I just like to chat about it because I just found mm-hmm. this picture. Um, I was in the canal and I found this. Ah, this has been there for years. Really? Yeah, the banner. So tell me what that says in English. But I can't remember the second part. Allora, no, it means that they don't want the mafia. Yeah. But I cannot remember what it says, the second part. Ah, okay. Okay, Sacra. Okay, yeah. Venice is Sacra. Because uh, that's what we were talking about before, about corruption. Okay, Uh so Uh uh, people uh, associate mafia only with the south of Italy. Uh, What people don't realize is the mafia is all over Italy. There are different type of mafias. It's not the mafia that, uh, as we used to know it from... 30 40 years ago right mafia doesn't necessarily mean is italian mafia mafia is all sorts mm-hmm. i think it is a question um you know uh, it's not just about venice it's a way of doing things in italy you know in italy we have a saying that uh, you usually do if you get a job is because you know somebody not because you're good mm-hmm. and is ingrained it's just the way things are that needs to be changed. And obviously, you know, uh, that banner has been there for about 20 years, I think. I never took it down. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I think it's just a way to say, you know, what I was trying to say to you before, that at the moment, at the moment has been for the last 20, 30 years now, um, whoever is in power uses Venice as a money-making machine, a, a fat cow that needs to be milked, but never fed. And that's what's happening. So I think that, that goes, uh, you know, it's just to say that as well, you know. So it's very hard if you want to do anything in Venice. I'm talking about any kind of, uh, uh, let's say, good Okay, mm-hmm. it's very hard. So you have a, have a right connection and you have a lot of money behind, then you might be able to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to start something from the ground, it's not easy. I mean, many during the pandemic, many associations started and many kids 
the new generation did a lot of good things. You know, like Benny schools, uh, they were going around taking the food to the people, to the oldest and stuff like that. It's good. Or the residents are doing a lot, uh, trying to do things uh, to, you know, awareness for the for the residential, for the homes. There's a lot of, you know, Venice, uh, wear Venice uh, against the cruise ships and stuff. But people like that, association like that should have the city 100% behind. It shouldn't be that they operate alone. And instead, what's happening is you have a lot of loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of different legal organizations, but they're not organized to work together. They're kept separate. When maybe in another city, in another context, this kind of organization will have the support of the city because they complement in the city. They don't go against it but because the city wants to make money, doesn't want to... Okay, don't get me bad. I told you otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> like, I understand. Capish, capish, capish. Okay, yeah. If I could wave a magic wand and let's just say you were queen of Venice or you were the leader of Venice, if you could change the mayor, the mayoress, the, the mayoress mayor of Venice. If you took over, yeah. what is it, Brunano? Brunaro, Brunaro, yeah. Brunaro, yeah. Um, if you could just take over his job for a month and you could. I could give you a magic wand and you could change anything. What are the top three things that you would do for Venice? Oh, yeah, the cow. Yeah, yeah. It's a fat cow that uh, is uh, is milked, but it's not fed. Yes. Okay. Um, right. The, well, the first one will be housing. Uh, uh, you know, I would love to see not a foreign people buying homes in Venice. Mm-hmm. I love the Venetian stay and going back to the city. I like to see back with young people you know uh, where uh, it will be incentivated to go and work in venice to bring your own your family because it is a perfect place to grow for children to grow because it's so safe so uh, but if uh, a rent is like 12 1500 euros a month and your average wage is that it's impossible yeah. for a family to live in Venice right. unless you're very rich. So obviously, rich people can come and buy. Of course, foreigners can come and live in Venice because they come maybe with their uh, fat, uh, you know, uh, wages or they have saved a lot of money. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but the priority should be given to the locals. So first, uh, I would like to see the city back to 40, 50, 60 years ago, full of Venetians. Okay. Yes. And when you have a city full of physicians with a, when you have a lot of services, tourism changes as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second, I would like the artisans to be put back at the front. And not artisans where me influencers, me uh, tourists, I go into the shop and I spend an hour filming them, talking to them. And then I walk out without even buying a penny. And in the meantime, I took away one hour of their uh, you know of their job mm-hmm. okay i really hope uh, i would love to assist them where the rent of the artisans are lowered where they helped with the tax and where they are helped to find also new apprenticeship people that will work with them that can learn their trade the way they could carry on because a lot of them are closing down because they cannot find people to work with them because they, how can an artisan afford to pay another person right you can't you right. know so I think that's another thing. And also a crackdown on certain, uh, between uh, certain food places and a lot of the souvenir shops. Big crackdown, big crackdown. That, that, that will be the three main things. 
How would you do that? How would you well, make it so um, that that number reduced? Well, you don't give so many licenses. Uh, you know, you make okay. sure that whoever opens as uh, might be like uh, a shop of value. Not, I mean, we got so many souvenir shops. Why do we need so many? And right. we're all selling Chinese stuff anyway. Right. Or you want a souvenir shop? Fine. But you have to sell all the artisan stuff. Simple as that. And there are. They are there. They are. Because there are. There is a company. Is I think I got two or three shops. It's called Phil Venice. And they are, obviously, they cost a little bit more the souvenirs. But they are all made in Venice. Simple as that. You know, how hard can it be? But, you know. Can I ask a dumb question? Oh, yeah, go. I get them all the time, so I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who who is in charge of making these decisions in terms of, like, lowering rents, giving less licenses? Like, who who is Mr. responsible for all these? Missed the mayor, Brugnaro, and his city council. But, uh, you know, that's the way So does is. he have, does he really have the power to change all of these things? Or oh, Of course he does. Okay. As, as he has the power to make the city work for him, as in making him a lot of money. So he has the power to do these things. Of course he Okay. Has. And so then I would go to the next question behind that. And of course, you know, all due respect to, to the mayor. Um, we hope he, you know. Eat, drink, be merry. Let's hope he has a he has a flash like the Samaritan, you know, on the way to Damascus. Okay, okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, light and he knows something, but doubt it. But a step beyond that, so it sounds like the buck stops with him, and it would take kind of a revolutionary mayor to come in and say, "Here's what we're going to do." I've been listening to the citizens. Here's what we want. We want to bring Venice first attitude. So Venetians first. You don't have that person in right now. So what could Venetians do to um, af- affect that kind of change? Well, the problem is with the Venetians, they cannot do nothing about it. They cannot change the political situation for the simple fact that the city of Venice is not just Venice. It is a lot of other little town, little villages, house, towns outside of Venice. It's all part of the municipality of Venice. And when it comes down to vote... The territory of the mainland has got more voters than Venice itself. So they always uh, win. So uh, we need a mayor that uh, managed to be liked both by the Venetians and the people from the mainland. And that's the way you to, but it will be impossible, you know. And they cannot uh, divide Venice from, from the mainland because uh, Venice needs the money from the mainland and the mainland needs the money from Venice. It's a bit like a, you know, a dog that bites his own tail. Is no, um, I understand. It's not an easy. I mean, it takes a, a, a mayor with courage. Okay. At the moment, uh, we have a, ma- a mayor that is, co- is, an, is an entrepreneur. So, rightly so, as an entrepreneur, he's seeing the city as a, an enterprise. Yeah. Venice is not an enterprise. You right. Know, but, you know, I can criticize, but I'm not a politician, so, you know. No, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to plant this little seed that maybe you will, you know, now that we've spoken this out into the into the world over the airwaves, maybe, who knows, maybe you'll find someone who um, feels as passionately as you and is courageous and would like to rise to the challenge. You never know. It might not be easy, but it's not impossible. That much I know. Yeah. It's not impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't know Venetians and... <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, the, the people are, are, are the, I'm pretty sure there is somebody out there one day because I've, I'm pretty sure it will happen. But I just hope it's soon enough and 
because I think of it at the moment of a wave. I don't see, I mean, I'm a very optimistic person, so I try not to see the bad too much, but uh, unless things change in Venice, I, I, I don't see it at the moment with, um, you know, it's just about money, money, money. When is the next vote? Boo, I don't know. I think we got we have him for another three, four years at the moment. Okay. So but um uh, he hasn't been elected. And he can be elected again. Okay. Gotcha. And he can be elected again. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Understood. So I reckon it will take at least 10 years. And I just hope it's not gonna be too late by then. But hey, I do my little bit. I always say, as long as I do my little bit, then uh, you know, yes, yeah. I give information. Yeah. And I, I leave it to, uh, you know, as a, you know, in Italian, we say I'm responsible for what uh, I say. I'm not responsible for what you understand. Okay. I love that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, we're full of, uh, oh, that is, we're full of proverbs. <laughs> <laughs> so give us the another, so give us another proverb. Oh, okay. Uh, oh my God. Uh, you gave me just for a moment. I'm a blank again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They come to me as I'm talking. They don't just come to me like no, I understand. I understand. Um, well, so let's talk about your website. If and I highly, highly, highly recommend to when you're booking your tickets to Venice to stay at least five days. Yep. Make sure to book on the first day. Book a tour with you, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you're interested in cooking, I would definitely recommend cooking. I mean, I personally love cooking. I just love all things joie de vivre. I love lifestyle, Mm. culture, history, architecture, food. So Venice is a dream for me. Your website, Monica, let's spell it. Is www.monicacesarato.com. But most of the time, if I just write Monica Food Guide, I come up. Okay. Uh, the book is Andar Per Bacari, and the podcast is uh, Benny's Talks on all platforms for free as well. I don't charge. So it's, it's all free on the net, on the airwave. Excellent. For everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope to see you soon and share some. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun talking to you. Thank Thank you you again. All right. Bye. Next week, we'll mark our final week in Venice. And we'll be closing it out with a New Yorker who has been to Venice 30 times, an honorary Venetian, you could say, and who wrote a book all about walking tours in Venice. Stay tuned next Tuesday.